about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Alrighty then. Now, the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. And a good Tuesday afternoon to you, and yes, it is time for the McFarland Show here on WNSR. Oh. Darren and Justin here with you for the next two hours. Yes, we are. Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Devlin is alongside. He is not a McFarland. If we He's sound, a cousin. If we sound extra nice, it's because uh, we're talking into brand new uh, devices here, I see. They've been busy. For the time being. For the time being. Yes, these are oh, you know more. part-time. These part-time are part-time. Lights. So we have other things that are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. These, even better. These are nice. Even even newer and better. Newer and better. Yeah. Than these. They're just going to be able to transport us directly into the backseat of people's cars next time. You know, sure. You know, via hologram or however that works these days. We're not far from that. Okay. We just transport right We You can just pull up the show and just have us doing the show in your car. In hologram, you know, just you know, not find myself making adjustments here. Okay, so yeah. we can get the sound. There Do we, we go. sound like we've got better radio voices? That is better uh-huh. there, uh-huh. Paul Harvey. <laughs> That's the rest of the story. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> got to be old school and know something about that. We're going to check in with Kevin Ingram in Columbia, South Carolina, in about ten minutes. Vanderbilt looking for their fourth. Straight man win against the Gamecocks, and I don't know if you heard. Were you able to hear the uh, the press conference from Jerry Stackhouse after their last game? Um, but if you did, you heard him starting to try and make a case to be a tournament team. He was actually talking about how his resume as a team would stack up against somebody else's. So he is talking tournament at this point. The words came out of his mouth. The T word? The T word. And we don't mean NIT. No. We mean tournament. Okay. As NCAA. in NCAA. Big dance. Not SEC. No. Because he's in it. Well, that, that he they got the automatic bid yeah, for in. that. They got the automatic bid as being one of the original teams or any team in the SEC. We'll check in with Steve Lehman to begin the second hour of the program. Happy Valentine's Day. Of course. To everybody out there. Hope everybody is... In a good mood and not in a doghouse, even well, though, you know, depends on your situation. But say Valentine's Day is different I, for, I for, know. You're for right. everybody. You're right. It is. People got different situations. They do. They do. So that's a good point. But mm-hmm. I just want to say happy Valentine's Absolutely. Day. It's an appropriate thing to say. Yeah. Um, Nate on Twitter, always bringing joy and sunshine to our show, to the McFarland Show. He says, sorry, guys, not to be... A Debbie Downer, but you guys sound the same to me. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're able to to enjoy the show, Nate. (laughs) That's that's all I have to say to that. (laughs) Nate, I'm glad glad you're so glad you're able to enjoy the show. Even with these these newer microphones that we have, I'm so glad we're still able to bring a quality broadcast to your earlobes. Good sir. 
and hopefully sounding the same is still good enough. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully for, for Nate, we continue to be strong enough. The Indianapolis Colts, after putting in 7,423 hours, a very, very extensive search for their next head coach, they interviewed 279 candidates. Did you get a call? Over 7,000 hours. No, which you didn't is, get a call? says a lot about me, right? Devlin, did you get a call? No, Devlin See, didn't get a call. A I didn't about get a call show, either. That so. we didn't get interviewed. No. I felt like everybody did. I, I felt like, you know, I was the only one. So I'm glad you guys told me because I, I was feeling left out. Yeah. Like I was the only one that didn't get a call about no. being the HC. Just know we're Colts. here for you. We didn't either. Okay. We're here to prop you up. We didn't either. Good to know. Uh, they have found their man, and his name is not Jeff. It is not? No. Jeff Saturday is not their man. Mm. It is going to be Shane Steichen. Okay. You want to inform Some the good people? Some guy named Shane Steichen. You want to inform the good people? Well, you may have Mr. seen him on Steichen the sidelines is? on Sunday. He was the OC for the Eagles. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, memory serves. Didn't they, all, didn't they just hire an OC from the Eagles to be their head coach recently? How did well, I don't know about recently, but the, Frank Reich was their head coach, yes. Yes. And, and he was the OC. Yes. Okay. So, when yes. the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, the yes. Okay. So, the last time they hired their head coach, they hired the winning OC from yes. the Eagles team. Yeah, this time and they this hired, time they the, hired losing. the losing. Well, they figured that OC. one didn't work, so let's go the other way. Let's go the let's other way. Let's get route. the Maybe losing Maybe his Super Bowl guy. ring is actually here in Indianapolis instead. So, this 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 will be fun. So he will enter the AFC South, Shane Steichen. So D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen, new head coaches in the AFC South. They got to find QB1. By the way, the guy in Jacksonville also was a former Eagles. Not OC, but the head well, coach. Well, he was actually the head yeah, coach. Yeah, he was the so, head coach. So, you know, he's, yeah. 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 I, I can understand that. The Arizona Cardinals have hired... Jonathan Gannon. Who is he? As their next head coach. Rich Gannon? He didn't have to go far to get the job. He walked down the hall. He went upstairs okay. from the locker room yeah. after the loss, went upstairs, and sat down in a conference room and interviewed for the Arizona Cardinals job. With and, the Bidwells. And he got it. So he never left the, he never never left left the stadium. Never left the building. He, okay. did not. he did not. In fact, I think he closed the roof and put the field back out okay. so it could – Get some rain, showing and, a little work ethic, or there. some sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I think he was taking some initiative, tasked with doing some things. On oh, by the way, on the way out. Yeah, could you close the roof and put put the field out? Put the yeah, put, put the, the field outside. Out. Put the slippery grass outside. outside. Yeah, make sure you yeah, make sure you put it all the way out. Make sure it's in the sun. And he also was on the sidelines on Sunday as the DC, the, the defensive, defensive coordinator, coordinator, the the team that gave up thirty eight points okay. in the loss. So both the Losing yes. offensive and defensive coordinator, correct, got hired as head coaches in the National Football League. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a new trend. But apparently, you know, we're gonna hire the losing team as coaches. You know, yes. Let's you know, see if it works. We'll we'll, we'll save that subject. Hopefully, for another day. It, hopefully it doesn't. For at least for the, one of them. For, for the Titans' sake. Right. For one of them. You know, we'll see what happens. Because uh, we don't need Steichen to be a good hire. Well, how, I was reading the the information about Mr. Steichen. Age 37, he is now the third youngest head coach in the National Football League. Now, think about that. 37 years old, and he's the third youngest. Well, Sean McVay got hired at 21. Yes. 
I saw. I think I think I witnessed him having. He went his, out celebrate his birthday. Had his first drink. Had his first beer at first the press legal conference. Drink. Yeah. Yes, and then they being hired. hired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. In fact, he just had peach fuzz when he hi- yeah, was you hired. Know, now he's got a nice stubble there. Now he's got stubble. He's got stubble. He's ready to We've go. We've watched him grow up. He's ready to go. Right before our eyes. Won a Super Bowl and now right coming back for more. Yep. So, is there any more openings? That's all. That's it. Right. That was the That's last all, one, folks. That was the last one. Are there any more openings, period? The For, Titans I have made all their hires. I think there's some OC openings. And really? Are there? I think so. Well, you have to think. Don't the, forget Todd Monken. These, Monken went. These two, these two head coaches have not selected their OC in D.C. yet. True. They just got hired. True. So there's a couple of openings still out there. Texans, Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, I guess they'll have to do their staff. And Colts, yes. Texans, Cardinals, I mean, and Colts. Yeah, Texans, Colts, Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. So they'll have to assemble well, their staffs. The OC and DC and all that from them. Yeah. By the way, Frank Reich, speaking of, I don't know if you've seen his staff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's assembled a pretty good little staff yeah, there in Carolina. Yeah, he's got a lot of people uh, coming to join him there. Yeah. Uh, with some experience. Uh, yeah. Jim Caldwell is, yeah. is not a slouch. Nope. Deuce Staley's <laughs> on that staff. Who has also wanted to be a head coach for a really long time yep. and just has not been able to get the right opportunity for him. He was just with the Lions, right? I believe so. Right? And yes. In the hard knocks. I think I saw him in the hard knocks, yes. Yeah. He's very vocal in practice. Yes. He's a talker. You know? Well, he was a talker as a it's player, not, too. He, he was. He was. He's <laughs> not a those who remember fella. him as the player, Deuce Staley liked to talk. He liked to Flap the gums. Hey, no that was, doubt. That was part of his. But he was deal. a really good running back. Very effective for a few years. Absolutely. Yep. yep. All right. We'll come back. Led to Columbia, South Carolina. Find out from Kevin Ingram, who'll be on the call tonight. Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Can they keep this thing rolling? Can they actually put together a four-game winning streak after that Alabama loss? Wow. What a turn of events for Vanderbilt, and of course Jerry Stackhouse made the comments that made us rounds. Not only locally, but nationally. And you know what? Since then, the team has responded. Nice win over the weekend down in Gainesville. Liam Robbins was, Robbins was unbelievable. I mean, he torched Florida. Yeah. So we'll talk to KI when we come back here on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-529-2856. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. Everyone knows time is money, so don't wait weeks for the IRS to send out your tax refund. Go to Jackson Hewitt instead for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee, tax-refund advance loan. With up to $3,500, you could bring home the bacon and bring it home today. Money now instead of later? That's worth its weight in gold. Don't wait weeks for your refund. Go to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company, details at jacksonhewitt.com. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dream. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. It's a Bill King show. In Little League football, they play it off. You can't do it in college football, Bill. You got to come up with a bunch of computers and some BCS cockamamie scheme. My answer was yes. It's unique. Absolutely love. I go into my garage every day and make sure there are no dust particles on those BCS computers. I do that. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Back here on The McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here with you. Live Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. By the way, you can watch us every day, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can listen to this guy. He'll be on the call tonight in Columbia, South Carolina. Kevin Ingram, affectionately known as Kev or KI. He now joins us after Vanderbilt has now ripped off three wins in a row. Kevin, what's up? Oh, not a lot. Uh, I thought you were having me on because it's Valentine's Day. Well, and we wanted to wish you a very, very happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) And the same to you. Every time you say, like, strike and spare fun center, I think you're going to be out. You know, bowling a few frames and, you know, just pausing to do the show you know, when, when it's not your turn. We have done that. But so we've done that before. You just called us on the wrong day, Kevin. But, yeah, we've done that <laughs> we've before. We've done it. Not too long ago. <laughs> just Lanes. there. Just over there. Yep. That's right. Uh, did you yeah, take you, care of business? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you, if you had seen me at Plaza's you know, bowling event a few weeks ago, uh, I don't think you'd probably be inviting me to come bowl anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my best stuff either, man. Yeah, you know, I just was like, no. in the name of charity, we'll just keep keep good positive attitude in the name of charity because I, I, was, I sucked. Yeah, yeah, um, I did have my own bowling ball. I, I, me I too. I it off out of the garage and brought it over. It, that didn't seem to help a whole lot, but it, you know, it looked impressive when I rolled up in the parking lot. Let me tell you something, Kev. When I walk in with the bowling ball and the bag – I yeah. look the part, man. 
Oh, sure, I you do. do. Yeah, you kind of like all airport. Teams. Like you can hear people whispering when I walk in. It's just you hope that they don't see me actually on the lane. You know, right. this is all <laughs> entrance when you enter. It's you get a lot of talk, and then once you roll, it's like, oh, okay, no. prop. Okay, it was a prop. Uh, not exactly bigger and McCracken, you know, or anything like that. <laughs> Did you take care of business before you left town with the wife? What are you talking with the wife? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, card and and uh, candy, and actually, we needed a new coffee maker, and it may not sound like the most romantic gift, but it was actually very well received, especially when you throw in a couple of you know, nice bags of coffee. So yeah, it worked out well. It's called practical when you've been together for a long time. Right. It's called practical. It's that married yeah, Valentine's, you, would, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you've been married 16 years, uh, you, you know, it, it practical is very much appreciated. Absolutely. Um, i, I got to be honest. I, I don't think any of us really saw this coming, but, wow, has this team turned things around since that Alabama loss? That was a heck of a win on Saturday in Gainesville against Florida. Yeah, Darren, it really was. And this team's played well over these last three games. It's funny the conversation we're having today versus the one we were having last Tuesday when Tennessee was coming to town and uh, – yeah, it's been really fun. I guess it was last Wednesday. I kind of lose track here, but um, it's been fun seeing these guys have the success, and you can you can feel the confidence growing with this group. And uh, you know, Jerry Stackhouse, it feels like he's settled on a rotation of guys that's really working well. And it starts at number twenty-one. Liam Robbins uh, won the SEC Player of the Week yesterday, and well deserved. He was awesome against Florida. Uh, he came out and he felt like he was. Uh, had something to prove, I think, against Colin Castleton. Both those guys had really good games. Liam had thirty-two and ten, and four blocks and hit three threes, including a dagger down the stretch. And, I mean, he those, those guys just came out, and it was a war from the very beginning of the game. And uh, it was really fun to watch. But you, you had a lot of good performances in that game. And, you know, of course, you had the, the buzzer beater by Tyron Lawrence to knock off Tennessee and what felt like a signature win for this team. And now you're kind of having a, a little different conversation with the Vanderbilt sitting at 6-6 six and six in SEC play. And, you know, the, the schedule in front of them was still a few games left and the chance to – to finish at or above 500 in confidence play. So there, there's some potentially some really good things ahead, but this is a, a big game tonight here in Columbia. I saw him do the interview after the game. Man, he's impressive to listen talk. I was like, man, we need to get him on the show. <laughs> he's he's yeah, sure he's really a good talker. Come hang with you. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's a really uh, really interesting guy. You know, he's had a couple of stops in his college career, played at Drake and in Minnesota, and then has uh, found a home here at Vanderbilt for a couple of seasons. And, you know, he was out for a little bit with a foot injury, and he came back against Alabama. And, and, and yeah, even in talking to him, he said, yeah, I started to feel a little more like myself in the second half against Alabama. Then he had a good game against Ole Miss, a double-double. He played really well against Tennessee, and then that, that monster game at Florida on Saturday. You know, we have Vince Ferrara join us every week, and he's kind of had fun with us the last couple of weeks, basically pointing out every every guy that he interviews for the pregame show. Uh, they uh-huh. end up having a monster game. Do you have any streak like that going? Did you interview <laughs> Robbins for the pregame show? I mean, do you have anything like that going? Uh, well, let's see. I interviewed Ezra Magnon uh, before Saturday's game at Florida. He had eight assists and no turnovers and 11 points. Okay. So you know, maybe that bodes well. That's good. Um, I did interview Liam before the Tennessee game, um, and he, you know, he had a nice game that day. Um, I got Jordan Wright before today's game. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. And, you know, these guys have kind of been a little bit of an unsung hero in, in these games. He had 10 points and 10 rebounds and hit a three against Florida. So, um, and, and I think he's enjoying this stretch, too. You know, he's been around this program for a long time and had not tasted any success against Tennessee. So to get that win was, I think, more important or meaningful for him than maybe anybody else around. But, 
yeah, uh, maybe maybe Jordan Wright is tonight's pick to click. All right, I like that. Let's see. Let's keep that in mind. We'll tuck that one away and see if it plays out. So I know you're not an NBA scout, but watching Liam Robbins up close and personal, is, is he a guy who's going to play at the next level, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I'm not often confused with like Marty Blake or anybody like that, but um, I, I could I could see Liam's going to make some money somewhere now, okay. whether it's in the NBA or, or it's you know overseas or whatever. Okay. He's definitely going to play some professional basketball because you, you got a seven footer who can prevent or who can present the matchup problems that he does. Where, where he separates himself from a lot of big guys is that he can really shoot from the outside, popping the threes, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, he can hit threes, and he hasn't shot nearly as many threes this year, it feels like, as he did last season, but he's developed his game way beyond what we had seen in, you know, the, the first season that he played last year, and, and where he's hitting these fadeaways in the paint, a little mid-range shots, and more than just a, a move and a jump hook or a three-pointer, he's shown a, a lot more versatility offensively this year, and, and on the other end, shot blocking, he's among the SEC leaders there, had four more of them on Saturday, and um, has racked up 64 this season. So, um, you know, he's done well there. He shot free throws well. So, yeah, it, it feels like he's definitely going to have an opportunity to uh, make some money somewhere, whether it's in the league or overseas. But, yeah, I, I could see him getting a look uh, in, in the NBA. So, yeah, well, we'll just kind of see how the rest of this season plays out. But, man, he's playing as well as anybody in the league right now. How what What is Ben Stack's message to this team? Because, you know, you don't want to be standings watching, right? Because that's a dangerous game. I mean, the Predators last night were hosting Arizona. They're an awful team. And, you know, I know that's professional sports, but, you know, if you don't come to play, uh, you can lose on any given night. This team's sitting, you know, at or near the bottom in the SEC standings. They're not. They haven't been particularly good this year. This is a game when you're playing well, you should win, even if it is on the road. So what's been his message you know, is he throwing out, you know, trap game? I don't, I don't know. What, what is he talking with the guys about or to the media about going into this contest? Uh, I, I think um, I think it's very much that this game is really important. And, you know, like you say, any team is capable. And South Carolina won at Ole Miss the other day. They had lost eight in a row, and they won that one. And their only other SEC win actually was in Lexington against Kentucky last month. So, uh, they had had a stretch for first-year coach Lamont, Lamont Paris where they had uh, not tasted a lot of success. But, you know, you, you got some capable players on there. I think Michi Johnson is a really nice player, the, the transfer from Ohio State, the guard. And, um, you know, the, the interesting thing for that team is, is Gigi Jackson, who got off to a fantastic start. He's a true freshman from right here in Columbia, uh, but has not played, has not been in the starting lineup, has not played nearly as much the last couple games, and he went on social media and voiced his displeasure about some of that stuff, and you kind of wonder what's going on there. But yeah, they have some, some capable guys, like a lot of teams they've built with some uh, transfers from various places, and um, I, I think any, any game in this league, if you get a win against the Southeastern Conference team, you can feel good about yourself. But, you know, Vanderbilt, you're talking about a three-game win streak and, you know, trying to, to climb up in the standings and get over 500 in SEC play. There, there's a lot to play for for this team tonight. Kevin, I wanted to ask you about uh, the talk coming out of uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Last time we spoke to you, Jerry Stackhouse was talking about, well, if we could just get over 500, I think we'd be good. Now, when I listened to him after the last game, he was talking about getting to the tournament. He was starting to lay out the resume of the team for being a bubble team to get into the tournament here. Uh, what do you? What's your assessment of that? Well, you know, I think, look, you're sitting at 6-6, six and six and you're 13-12 and 12 overall. 
Um, there's a couple games you wish you had back if you go back to non-conference play. But uh, on the flip side of that, they played a very difficult non-conference schedule. A lot of teams they've played are either first or second in their league. Um, you, you look back, and the win over Pittsburgh feels like a win that keeps on giving. They're leading the ACC as we speak. And you, know, you, you look at strength of schedule, Vanderbilt's played the, the toughest schedule in the SEC. But you know, in terms of trying to get to the NCAA tournament, you're just going to have to win almost every game down the stretch here to get that done. But you look at the, what's remaining on the schedule, and you feel like, hey, we've got a shot in any game you play. If, if you look at the remaining teams, we've got Alabama where we want them off the schedule for, for the rest of February. Um, and that, that's an, you know the, the old Lee Corso joke from back in the day. Uh, but you know, I, I think if, if, if we, Tim Thompson and I were talking about these, these very scenarios, let's, Let's say you have a lot of success in the stretch run here in these last six games. You know, can you play yourself into the conversation where you know if you went to the SEC tournament and you won a game or two there, you're right squarely on the bubble. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, they're not really in that conversation yet. If you if you look at Joe Lenardi and the projections and all that stuff, but you win a few more here, then you start to maybe get a little chatter about that, and and you start to and and again, it starts with South Carolina tonight, and you don't want to look past any of this or look ahead or anything like that. But if you can win some basketball games, you definitely, uh, I think, still have a chance this team does. Speaking of South Carolina, they're kind of uh, starting over here this year, sort of a rebuilt, reset year with a, a first-year head coach who had a lot of success uh, at UT Chattanooga, but so far has, uh, I guess, not found his players. Is that what's really happening there in Columbia? Yeah, it's like any it feels like every one of these teams, when you look up and down the roster, there there aren't very many guys who are sort of homegrown players that have, you know, been your recruits that have come in and played and been there for a while. I mean, okay, you look, you look at who all they have. Chico Carter played at Murray State. Michi Johnson played at Ohio State. Hayden Brown, who's been one of their starters, played at the Citadel. Uh, you look at Benjamin Bozeman's Verdonk. He played for some good Illinois teams. Josh Gray came from LSU. Uh, and, and those are your regular guys. But uh, it when you're in a situation like this, I think if you're Lamont Paris, you're just trying to build your culture as much as anything in the first season and sort of establish, okay, here's what I'm going to be about. And um, you hope to add some good parts along the way. And I'm sure they've uh, been out to, trying to see, as everybody will, what, what you can get in the portal, but most importantly, you know, what you might get along the traditional recruiting route. So, yeah, it, sometimes it just takes a while and uh, – Gosh, you look down the hallway at South Carolina. The South Carolina women's team has got it going on. They're like in full on. Oh, wow. That's how I was gonna. Yeah. That's how I was gonna end it. I was like, thank goodness they're playing the men's team tonight. <laughs> I was looking up in the rafters earlier, and you, you see like four Final Four banners, and two of them are national champions uh, from just you know the last handful of seasons. And you know, South Carolina's men went to the Final Four in 2017, but. Yeah, uh, Don Staley, I'm, I'm sure if Lamont Paris needs some inspiration, he maybe can just walk down and talk to her for a little bit and uh, say, hey, how you doing it here? And uh, she's done a great job. And they just had a big game against LSU on Sunday when they, they waxed the uh, previously unbeaten Tigers uh, here in, in Columbia. Uh, for, for the Commodores here, three of their next four, uh, you could argue here, are games in theory that they're supposed to win. Uh, how important is this handling the things that are already handed to you in a way. I mean, I know no game is a gimme. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, winning these games where you are obviously, you would think, be the favorite to win against South Carolina, favorite to win against LSU, and, and probably even a favorite to win against against Florida and, and some of the other teams have struggled a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't 
I don't really necessarily look at it like you know you're you're supposed to win these games. I think I think you kind of look at them and say they're good opportunities to win. Hmm. Um, you know, if if you're Alabama and you're looking at the schedule, you say, okay, we should win all these games. But you know, if if you're beyond maybe the top couple teams in the SEC, you know, all these games are going to be a battle, and they really are for Alabama too, for that matter, at times. But uh, yeah, I, I think there are definitely some good opportunities. You look at this stretch run of the season, as you described, you got. South Carolina tonight, you'll be at home for Auburn. That'll be tough. And then LSU next week, Florida at home. Uh, you alternate home and road games at Kentucky and then Mississippi State at home to uh, to finish up the regular season. So, yeah, six more to play here and uh, sitting at 500 in the SEC and you feel like you got some chances in front of you. Kevin, good stuff. Really appreciate the visit. Enjoy the game. Hopefully uh, Coach Stackhouse and the Commodores can pick up their fourth win in a row, and boy, that'll set up a fun Saturday night at Memorial Gym mm-hmm. when Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers come to town. Thanks for doing this. Oh, anytime. Yeah, looking for a first four-game win streak since uh, February of 2017. Mm. So uh, hopefully the Commodores can get wow. it done. Uh, it'll be a 5:30 Central time start. 5:30 Central time start. There you go, Kevin Ingram, on the call. Appreciate him joining us. We are wide open the rest of the hour to take your phone calls. 615 844 5600 is how you can get in touch with us. By the way, if you want to watch that game tonight, it'll be on SEC Network. So a 5.30 tip, our time on SEC Network, Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Your phone calls and more discussions next here on the McFarland Show. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You can win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February instant games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February instant games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. But did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy fresh, (laughs) environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4 23 Visit JacksonHewitt.com for rules. 
Hey, Nashville. Start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. Your exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast. For today, skies are mostly cloudy. There's a slight chance of late afternoon shower with highs to a windy 66. South-southeasterly winds gust to 40 miles per hour with showers expected tonight. Low 57. Utilizing the resources of the Weatherbug Network on Nashville Sports Radio. I'm WNSR's TJ Matthews. Sports Radio This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. The players make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. You think so? Yeah, I think they'll get it. Penn? Yeah, they'll make it and probably get bounced. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, oh, I don't think they're going to. Oh, pretty, they'll make it but lose. I feel pretty. that these well, people have. Go ahead play. there, rah rah guy. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup, Greg? No, they're not. Okay, you know, so okay. what, what hey, are we saying? Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. The McFarland Show, broadcasting live in Rutherford County on 107.9 FM. Yeah, it's a little flame torch down there. I know, I listen to it every day. Thank you, big voice guy. Back here on the McFarland Show, 615-844-5600. P.K. Subban, this music, think of the Preds. P.K. Subban in the house last night. Man, Donnie. Quite the hat. Did you see the hat he had? I did. Those things are not cheap. That is a personalized hat. Can he trade it for a, for a helmet and a stick? They Maybe he could. could have used them out there on the ice, yeah. you know, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we got we got time today, so I mean, we did. <laughs> I understand. We, I mean, look. I mean, I'm I, just saying. I suspect. Since you're here, for old time's sake, why don't you just give us a shift? We get <laughs> – yeah, we don't do a whole game. Just one shift. Just give me one shift I don't shift know if one there. shift was going to change the game. Uh, you but never know. You know, a little spark the, there. Maybe play the third period. A maybe. Little, yeah, a little spark. Maybe. Maybe first and third. And just one, the, one more time for, you know. That the Preds were good in the second, but, you know, maybe they could have used him in other portions of the game. For old time's sake. I did catch up with him uh, <laughs> for the P.O.P., so you'll hear him this week on the Predators official podcast. So be looking for that when it comes out later in the week. Let's go to Tony in Nolansville. Tony, what's up? By the way, I thought that Super Bowl commercial. They they brought back the, you know, what's up? But they didn't say what's up. Yeah, they didn't say it like that. (laughs) That is true. And they need to bring back more of the commercials because there was only about two or three that really stood out and grabbed some my attention anyway. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's the thing. Uh, and touching on that, a little segue into it. Guys, I'm going to do a little smack talk here with our buddy, our guy, Eric, our NFL guru. Uh-oh. I haven't heard Eric yet give credit to the Chiefs. He had the Eagles. And I haven't heard Eric give any credit to the Chiefs of winning and doing what they needed to do down the 
stretch. I think he called they into the show up. and predicted an Eagles blowout. Did I did I just make that up or do, do, is that not what he said, Justin, I'm not last week? Go yeah, that Eagles far. in a blowout by three touchdowns. I think he said. Mm, I think. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, think I don't think he said that. He didn't. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I if I'm wrong, he he'll call that. in and. Look, Eric will call but, in uh, at some point, and we'll get to the bottom we, of this. We know he's listening, and I thank a lot of Eric, but uh, I just haven't heard him give the credit to the Chiefs yet. Okay. And uh, he uh, – that little smack talk, a little smack talk. A little caller but, on uh, caller you know, crime. All right. <laughs> there's a little bit of talk out there, guys, that Mahomes is already going to be the GOAT, going to surpass Brady, is already mm. doing all this and that and the other, and – you know, right now, to me, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback right now. But to he's still got quite a bit of ways to go before I'm ready to put him in the GOAT category. Uh, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, we did that with Tiger. Tiger Woods. And look where that ended up so far. And Tiger still is a great, great uh, athlete, golfer. But uh, you never know what might transpire to, you know, where you're still chasing that GOAT title. And I'll put him up there, way up there. But until he gets most of the records, if not all, he can't, you know, can't always call him the GOAT. Okay, so let me ask ask both of you this. Mm -hmm. I want to ask both of you this in all seriousness. Um, He's going to, you know, he's going to go down as – one of the greatest of all time, I think, when it's all said and done. Probably. Unless, unless there's a cliff dive coming in yeah. the next couple of years that we don't know about. He's going. Right. Or, you know, an unfortunate injury or whatever that brings his career to a screeching halt. I, I don't know. But if he plays for a good poor, you know, he plays another 10 years, I, I think we're going oh, to be saying a lot of things about Holmes. He doesn't have Holmes. to do that much. No, I know. I know. But I'm saying just to really, like, honestly make the case for the greatest. But my question to you guys is, how are we going to view this era of football stats? Because I'm the look. Travis Kelsey's a tremendous. I wish he'd keep his mouth shut, but that that horse has left the. You know that horse is nine farms over. It, it's not happening. He's going to keep talking and doing his thing and whatever. That's how he plays, and that's what makes him a great tight end. But he's also doing it in this era of football where offense reigns supreme. The game is geared for you to score. All the advantages go to the offense. So how how do we compartmentalize all the records and all the stuff that's going to happen during this new era of football? Tony? Well, Dan, you know, there are, in each sport, this debate comes up in each sport. And when you look at the final analysis, of going into the Hall of Fame, you never see an asterisk put by names of this player played at this era, this player played at that era. They look at stats, period, from whenever it was to whenever it was, and I think that's what everybody has always looked at, is stats alone, irregardless of era and time played. Am I right on that? Um, I'd say, yeah, that's, that's right. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's, it's fair. It's, that's in there. So, with that being said, if he, Mahomes, surpasses, uh, what, how, 
many yards did, does Brady have? Almost 40,000 or something? No. Oh, no, it's way more. It's double it's that. 89,000. It's way up there. Yeah. You know, when he gets in the same category of John Elway coming back and winning 47 fourth quarter games, which I think that's probably been surpassed now oh he's going to do that he's already he's already done that i mean he really is like the comebacks are one of his great stats yeah but you're going to have to be playing you're really going to have to be playing 18 to 20 years like Peyton, like brady uh like these guys you know john elway played in five super bowls lost three but played in five Mm -hmm. and uh so he you know you look at the team right now, this hour, we're saying, you know, if they stay intact, they're going to play in another four or five Super Bowls. But guess what, guys? We talk all the time. Teams break up. Oh, yeah. Trades are made. The same formula and chemistry, not there, that you look at and think it was. We look at these teams and say, dynasty. Oh, they're going to be there. Well, they, they guess what? They end up not being a dynasty. So, you know, the Buffalo Bills, when you go to four straight Super Bowls, you lose. They lost all four. We know that. Bless their little hearts. But they went to four straight Super Bowls. That, in a four-year period, is a dynasty. Of course it is. Oh, yeah. 100%. Very much so. when you say they're going to lose people, um, he did lose his number one receiver last offseason. They traded him to Mm -hmm. Miami. And, oh, by the way, he didn't go to Miami and become a bust. No. He was the second-best receiver in the league behind Justin Jefferson. He had 119 catches and over 1,700 yards. Good year. And they still won the Super Bowl without him. It's a great debate, Darren and Justin. I mean, once again, this might be one of those we might have to write uh, on a little sheet of paper a reserve for June. Reserved for the summer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I like it. And uh, last but not least, guys, Bandy's got to continue this trend. They, they've got a chance to win a good game tonight. They can win this game. And y'all know I've been blowing the whistle and the horn that they could win the eight or nine games here of conference play. And I firmly believe it. I still see on their schedule two to three more wins. That put them in a nine-win season. That'd be a pretty good season, if you ask me. So, But but they can't let up. They can't let up. And we know how how important home uh, home play is and being on the road. So that's the last take on that. And that was a good interview. Thank y'all for having Kevin on. That was a good interview, while I Sure thing. So, Thank you. Thank you for listening, Tony. Not a problem. Appreciate it, as always. I... I I think this is when we talk about sports in general again. Mm-hmm. And I understand everybody's looking for a Patrick Mahomes. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you'll see. Okay, Philadelphia's going to lose a lot. Okay, I, I don't know if yeah. Jason Kelsey's going to retire. I don't know what guys are going away. They, when he gets paid, yeah, all kinds of guys are going to go away. Yeah, Okay, that, that roster's going to look totally different. We just said at the beginning of the show, the coach is already going to look different. Coaches, yep. coordinators. Yep. And we'll see if Jalen Hurts has the ability, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on Jalen Hurts. I'm saying he's not Patrick Mahomes. You have to have, and unfortunately we have that scenario here. 
we just have an older Jalen Hurts in Ryan Tannehill, a much older <laughs> Jalen Hurts, right? Like everything has to be perfect around those quarterbacks. You can win with them. Yeah. You can get there with them. You can, but everything's got to be perfect. When you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, everything doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? You can have warts and you can still get away with it because those guys mask problems. Yeah. And the problem when you have the guys that aren't those guys still are tremendous talents, everything has to make everything has to work or be exceptional around them. We'll see if Philadelphia can get back to this point when they start losing a bunch of really good players. Yeah. Because that roster's loaded and credit to them. They built that roster. They did. It's loaded with tremendous players. Yeah. Some are going to retire. Some are going to sign free agency money somewhere else. Right? That's just the nature of the beast. No. We'll see if they can do. But when you've got a guy like Mahomes, as long as you don't really mess it up, as long as that front office is smart about who they let go and who they don't, who they decide to pay, who they don't, Mm -hmm. right? You can make it last. You can make it last a long time. Mm -hmm. A long time. Without question. Uh, Eric is on the phone. Let's go to the back to the phone. What? Let's, Eric <laughs> is calling in. He's up next. Eric, did you did I put words in your mouth? Did you say Eagles in a blowout? Well, I it was, I said I didn't say that that's going to happen. I said it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm not going to lie. I did think the Eagles were going to win because I thought they had the boys best at the count. But I said if Kansas City did win, it was going to be because of Mahomes. He's starting to pull it out. You got to give him credit. So, but you did blurt that, the word blowout on our show, did you? Yes, not? yes, okay. I did. Okay. Yes, I did. I, I'm not going to lie. So, okay. So, Justin, you know. I did not just make that up. No. Yeah. The yeah. word blowout yeah, but, did come out, and he said you wouldn't be surprised, but you did use the word blowout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. So, I, I apologize for that, guys. But uh, Well, there's no I, apology I don't have to necessary. apologize for your yeah. pick, no. Eric. It's your yeah, pick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it is, guys. Because uh, I, I just thought Kansas City just didn't have the overall talent, but hey, you got to give them credit because I said if they pulled out. It would be because Mahomes, and he certainly did it, uh, especially with that situation with his ankle, and also the fact is, guys, uh, he did not get sacked once, and the Eagles were the number one sack team yep. in the NFL, but they didn't get to him at all. But you could kind of feel bad for Jason Hurt, uh, Jalen Hurts, because I said I thought this would be the Eagles' best chance. Because I, I think I told you guys, they had 11 free agents on this team. Eight were on defense. And this is going to be interesting mm-hmm. all the guys that can sign. But like you said, uh, Jason Kelsey, I think it's Lane Johnson. They were the two talking about retire. You got Indomitian Sue, who they signed um, in the uh, middle of the season. And who was it? Is it Fletcher Cox? Mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox, yep. Brandon yeah, Graham. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they've got yeah. a bunch of guys who are a little long in the tooth mm-hmm. here yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. who are and, making and, a good and, run. And, yeah, yeah, and they're not going to be uh, able to keep every, everybody because I know they want to get a deal done for Jason Hurts because he's going to be commanding big money after this next year, or they may try and do it in all season. Certainly, it appears that he's the guy because they surrounded the weapons around him. And I don't know if you'll agree with me on this point. I kind of look at him as kind of like a Dak Prescott, but he's a better version of Dak Prescott. Where beforehand he was just not good, but. Or, uh, he was just an average quarterback, but they got him the weapons around him. I mean, he's the type of quarterback that he's elevated because of the weapons they have around him. If he didn't have the weapons, I don't think he'd be doing as well. But he's not the type of quarterback that can overcome with average weapons because if I think if he had Mahomes' weapons, 
I don't know if he would have had the game that he had. Patrick Mahomes is just extra special. And, of course, the interesting thing they're talking about now is, of course, I'm sure they heard the talk ESPN, some of these other outlets now talking about saying is Patrick Mahomes in the top five as far as quarterbacks all time already. And is Andy Reid in the top five as far as coaches all time. And, you know, I don't know necessarily if I want to go there, but I've heard people already put him either number three behind Montana and Brady, and some of them already put him by Brady. But it's just hard for me to go that far. I mean, maybe I could maybe say he's fifth, but I can't put him, like, say, for instance, about Peyton Manning. And some would say they can't put him at John Elway. That's kind of where I'm at on that. As far as Andy Reid, I didn't realize this. They said before he came to Kansas City, uh, he was 10-9 and in the playoffs, and he was 1-5 and in championship games. Yes. Now, of course, with mm-hmm. Kansas City, he's great. You could probably put him in the top 10 as far as coaches. I don't know if I put him in the top five when you talk about guys. Uh, like, uh, of course, I've seen like Belichick and, of course, Don Shula, Landry, uh, Chuck Noll, Bill Parcells, Bill Walsh. I mean, I can't say about Curly Lambeau or yeah, uh, but, Vince Lombardi because I wasn't allowed to see him play. Why do you let? Why do you have Bill Belichick as a no-brainer when he had Tom? I mean, I just don't want people to discredit because everything you just said, oh, yeah. you were spitting yeah, facts, yeah. Eric. Those, those oh, are yeah. facts. Look, I'm a guy that yeah. used to say, yeah, uh, that Andy Reid is a choker in the playoffs. I yeah, I, yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. say that all the time. Like he yeah, he's a no, great no, coach who's a choker. You're right. You're right. But Patrick right. Mahomes you, has changed his trajectory you, now yeah, how yeah, we view just, him. Just like, but yeah, I don't want like us Tom to Brady also discredit him. Bill Belichick. You're because right. Bill you're Belichick, right. what has he done since Tom Brady's left? Uh he's had one playoff appearance and that's about it. What, you know, uh, right. has he won a playoff game? No. He won no, a playoff no, game since Tom Brady left. No, 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 no. And some I've even talked about all-time great quarterback like Terry Bradshaw, which he had great numbers the last two years, but the first two years that they won the Super Bowl, they were known for defense and running the ball. But, but I'm not, discre- rules, I'm not discrediting changes. them. I'm just saying oh, yeah. I don't want people oh, yeah. to discredit Andy Reid now because he's winning yeah. with Mahomes because that's what great coaches yeah. do. They have to have great yeah. players yeah. Yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah, and I think some of it, too, is that the rules changes and not allowing to hit the quarterback and stuff where – they're now just putting up such ridiculous numbers and everything. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Thanks, Eric. Hey, guys, y'all, y'all take care. We'll talk Thank to you again you soon. You too. Come back, wrap up the first hour of the McFarland Show. We'll do that next. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic is happening on March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. And this year, it's a doubleheader. For nearly a decade, the City of Columbia Parks and Rec Department has showcased the most highly attended women's college softball matchups in the state. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic kicks off their doubleheader at 1 p.m. with the Bucks from Motlow State taking on the Chargers of Columbia State. Then at 5.30, the Austin P. Lady Govs battle the Lady Vols of the University of Tennessee. Tickets to the 6th 
6th Annual Mid-State Classics are only 10 bucks and are on sale now. Motlow State versus Columbia State. Austin P versus Tennessee. Wednesday, March 15th, starting at 1.30 at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. For tickets and information to the 6th Annual Mid-State Classic, log on to ColumbiaTN.com slash Mid-State Classic or call 931-388-8119. That's 931-388-8119. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4hims.com slash joy. At HIMS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hymns.com slash joy. That's 4hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Welcome to Smashville, home of the biggest hits in hockey and the loudest parties on Broadway. Join us at Bridgestone Arena Thursday, February 16th as your Nashville Predators take on the Boston Bruins. And don't miss Saturday, February 18th against the Florida Panthers. You do not want to miss these games. Purchase your tickets today at NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. That's NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. We can't wait to see you back inside Bridgestone Arena. Let's go Preds! It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Staunch Titans fan, season ticket holder, Tim yep. Kelly is OC. Your reaction? Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, I hate that so Well, all right. Some more uh, tight end bubble screens, right? This sucks, man. Yeah, this is live reaction, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, trash, man. I hate it. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The McFarland Show. Video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare studio. Steve Lehman's going to join us to begin the second hour. The worst kept secret is official. Derek Carr is no longer a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. He has been released. They had till 3 o'clock today. Look, he had told them, I'm not accepting any trades. Mm-hmm. And if you and if today at three o'clock I'm still on your roster, you owe me forty million dollars guaranteed. Well, we all knew that wasn't going to happen, and he wasn't going to do anything for them either. He was like, "I'm not going to let you trade me somewhere. You get something for my services. How about I'm going to say no, and then you're going to be forced to release me, and then I can pick my next landing spot." Yeah. So, like, do you guys need favors? And that right, and that's what's happened. <laughs> so, yeah. no, no surprise there. But they were they had about three more minutes before that forty million dollars was going to kick in. Uh, this was how today was going to play out, and it's official. So he leaves behind five point six million in dead cap. That frees up twenty nine and a quarter million of space for the Raiders. So honestly, I thought the dead cap money was more. I didn't realize it was. Just five and a half million. Yeah. I thought it was more. I thought it was more too. But yeah. Apparently, they've 
been able to massage that a little bit. Yep. So the Raiders will now head to free agency with around forty-seven million. Nice. They can make some moves there to work with. It's not bad. They can hire some people there. Sign some folks. I would say I'd say you can do some damage with that. Yeah, so if they can figure out their quarterback situation. Derek Carr earned one hundred thirty-five million in nine seasons. Not bad with the Raiders. Not bad. Not bad for zero playoff wins. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's not bad. You and I could have won zero playoff games. But we don't have 135 No, we million. don't. No, no we don't. No. But we could have also accomplished zero playoff games. I'm pretty ticked about that. Yeah. But that's the way life goes. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out what we could <laughs> promise WNSR for $135 million. I don't think they have it to give. <laughs> we could promise them whatever if we want. If they do, we need to have a meeting yeah, after I, the show. But, you know, I... Yeah, I, did, I didn't know. Yeah, you know, this sounds like the old Dave Chappelle, John Stewart joke. When Dave Chappelle turned down fifty million dollars to walk away from the Chappelle Show, yeah. John Stewart was sitting in his office saying, "Comedy Central's got fifty million dollars <laughs> <laughs> to give to somebody. What what what, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, we need to have a conversation. Y'all didn't tell me y'all had fifty mil to give to people." <laughs> He's told Dave, yeah. I took care of that money like it was my like it was my own. That tends to raise a red flag yeah, whenever yeah. that news gets out. That yeah. your employer was offering fifty million to one of your colleagues Say, and they what? said no. <laughs> I mean it's a good show, but what? <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Second hour. We'll talk Titans with Steve Lehman from News Channel Five. That's next. ABC News. I'm Michelle Franzen. Inflation is cooling according to the latest Consumer Price Index. Inflation 6.4% in January compared to the same time last year. Americans are still paying more for consumer goods, but it could signal that the recent rate hikes by the Fed may be working to tame inflation further. But it may not be fast enough. ABC's Alexis Christophorus explains. I don't think today's report deters the Fed from its focus, which is to still get inflation down to that target of 2% and most likely raising interest rates again by a quarter point at its March 22nd meeting. But remember, we get another employment report between now and then and another monthly inflation report. We'll get a better feel for where both those things are. President Biden touting the economic recovery while speaking at the National Association of Counties today. He's offer, also offering condolences on the latest mass shooting. Classes at Michigan State University are canceled for two days following last night's shooting that left three dead and five injured. Police have identified the gunman as Anthony McRae. MSU Deputy Police Police Chief Chris Rosman says the gunman took his own life and there are still questions about motive. We have absolutely uh, no idea what the motive was at this point. We can confirm that the 43-year-old suspect had no affiliation to the university. In Brussels, defense leaders met for NATO talks today on the military and so far for Ukraine, the aid given and the focus as Russia steps up attacks. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in remarks said the coalition has provided nearly 15 billion in aid since the invasion began nearly one year ago. It isn't just our goal to provide equipment, it's to provide full and lasting capabilities. So today we'll continue talking about integrating and synchronizing our support 
so that Ukraine has combat credible capabilities that matter and endure. California's Powerball officials say they will announce the lone winner of the $2.04 billion jackpot from November this hour. You're listening to ABC News. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. Listen, you can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Alrighty then. Now the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour, McFarland Show. Darren and Justin here with you. Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. You can watch us live, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Let's bring in our man Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Derek Carr has officially been released by the Raiders. They had to do that by 3 o'clock today, our time, or $40 million for this season was going to kick in. And they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So there's a whole lot of people trying to put Derek Carr in New York with the Jets or even talking about here with the Titans. Steve, what do you think about Derek Carr? I I feel like he's kind of like Ryan Tannehill in a lot of ways. He's He's a guy that has the ability to put up some big numbers. He has sort of all the tools that you want as a quarterback, but hasn't consistently delivered in the NFL. That's... That's my short, succinct take on Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I just feels like a little bit younger version of Ryan Tannehill, right? Yeah, and and for the people who are perhaps trying to link him here in Tennessee, thinking the Titans need some sort of upgrade, I don't think that's really an upgrade. I, I mean, and, and part of that too is we know at least Tannehill fits in what the Titans' offense has looked like, at least in the past. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be some sweeping overhaul of the scheme. Maybe some adjustments, maybe a little bit more tempo, maybe a little bit more explosive passing element. Maybe that's the goal. But I still think this is going to be a football team built around the run and built around Derrick Henry and then the play-action passing game. And Ryan Tannehill has proven in his time here that when healthy and with some time and any amount of weapons around him, he can be pretty effective in that. So, if your move is to go to a guy like Derek Carr, I don't understand it because I, I don't know if you're upgrading at all there. I think if you're making a quarterback move and you're the Titans right now, which I don't really think they're doing, I think you're going after 
an enormous free agent type name, you know, not to put fuel on the fire, but it would have to be an Aaron Rodgers type guy. Or you're going into the draft because you think one of these guys at the top is a difference maker and a franchise changer. And so you trade up or you position yourself however you feel accordingly to get one of those guys if you believe in them. But those are the only moves that make sense to me if you're going away from Tannehill this year. You know, we knew that John Robinson was obviously all in on Ryan Tannehill. All in. Mm -hmm. What we don't know is how Rand Carthen feels about Ryan Tannehill. That's what we don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. And frankly, we probably don't even have the complete picture of what Mike Vrabel thinks either. You know, he, he likes Ryan Tannehill, and I think he thought he was a fine quarterback in the system. But do we know the true dynamic between how much John Robinson liked him and perhaps had the final say on that matter versus Mike Vrabel being in complete agreement? Or, yeah, we can, we can win with this, or sort of begrudgingly going forward with it. We don't really know that. My, my hunch is it's, it's somewhere closer to the, the front half of the, the options there. I think he likes him. I think he thinks he can win with him. He just needs the pieces around him. But we don't know that for sure. And so as we head into this offseason, that's going to be something that we're certainly going to have to look at. Don't want to drudge up an old topic, but, you know, it is Sports Talk Radio. So here goes. I spent that whole summer saying they should – Go get Tom Brady. He's leaving the Patriots. He is going to leave the Patriots. And the Titans need to be in that game. Obviously, he didn't come here. He picked Tampa. He did leave New England. But I do wonder kind of what you were just talking about. You know, as the longer John Robinson's been away, right, we kind of were trying to piece together really that relationship and that dynamic, right? Because for a long time it was like, oh, they're in lockstep and, you know, they think alike and they're, you know, they're attached at the hip. And then the more we, you know, evaluate the situation, the more he's been gone. I'm not so sure that is the case. And I do wonder, like I said, John Robinson was all in on Ryan Tannehill. That was apparent. But I do wonder – to your point about how does Mike Vrabel truly feel about Ryan Tannehill, I wonder if he was secretly behind the scenes going, hey, John, you know, I mean, what what about Tom? I mean, I, I'm just telling you, I've heard he's leaving. Well, what about Tom? And John's <laughs> like, ah, eh, we got our guy. We're not going to mess with that. You know, I do wonder if that a, a conversation like that ever took place where Vrabel was actually lobbying for Brady and J-Rob was like, nah, we got our guy. We're not fooling with that. It's a great question, and it absolutely might have happened somewhere there. I will say this. I think we're probably making too much of the rift between Robinson and Vrabel because I really don't think there was one. Uh, they may not have seen eye-to-eye on every single thing that happened, but I don't think there was some growing tension in that building between these two guys who were just diametrically opposed on what they thought the roster was going to look like. So I think in some ways too much has been made of that. And I, I also would say that if Rabel had that conversation or kind of gave him the elbow that maybe we should kick the tires on the Brady possibility, once they decided to go away from that, I don't think he was looking back in the rearview mirror like longingly for Brady. You know, I think he thought, okay, that's fine. This is the direction we're going to go. We can win with Ryan Tannehill. And, oh, by the way, Ryan Tannehill's numbers in 2019 heading into that offseason when they were trying to make that decision – we're as good as any quarterbacks in the league in the 
10 games that he started in the regular season, and then he got him to the AFC Championship game. And so at the time, yeah, I mean, we can look back now a couple of years later and know that Brady won a Super Bowl in his first season going to Tampa Bay, and you think, huh, what could have been? But at the time, it looked like Tannehill was the perfect fit here in Tennessee, and the Titans were on the ascension, and they were just going to be right there in contendership for the next couple of years. And frankly, they were. I mean, they came back, and they were a division champion and had a home playoff game, and then they were the number one seed and another home playoff game. And obviously we know how the playoffs themselves turned out, and that probably colors how everybody views Ryan Tannehill. But at the time, it was a much more interesting decision than I think we maybe make it out to be right now. You know, an interesting thing is, and I've when I've had conversations about whether it's you know people asking about this Predators team or I'm going to transition it into the Titans and, and Ryan Tannehill. You know there there are certain players that after we've seen them for a while in this market, I I think it's silly for people to expect them to be something that they're not. Right it, it, after a while, you realize this is what they are. This is what they bring to the table, and either you're good with that or you're not. Ryan Tannehill, sure. in my opinion, is squarely in the middle of that conversation, right? He is one of the poster children along with some, like I said, some Predators players that I could name that have been here for a while. And it's like, if you're expecting something else, you're just looking at it wrong. I don't, nothing's going to change with Ryan Tannehill. He is what he is to this point. So with that being said, Steve, is he good enough for this narrative, for this to turn around, for this to change? Because Everybody, I feel like with both franchises, uh, a lot of people are in the same place, right? They've enjoyed the winning. They've enjoyed the success, but they're waiting for somebody to knock down the door. They're waiting for somebody to have a parade in this town. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Darren. I think the thing that has to change isn't the people that are already here that we know about. It's the people around them. And that's how you get to the next level. And whether you're talking about the Predators and I don't know specifically the guys you're talking about, but if people are waiting for Philip Forsberg to go from a 30-goal score to a 50-goal score, or Matt Duchesne or, or you know, Colton Sissons or somebody on the back end to become a 30-goal scorer, that's not going to happen at this point. I think that's pretty clear. The question is, is that core group good enough with a couple other pieces where they can take the steps to, to get back to becoming a Stanley Cup contender? Likewise with Ryan Tannehill, I think we pretty much know who he is now – I think the thing about Tannehill that's interesting, Darren, is if you look back when he first got here in those first couple of years, when the offensive talent around him was the best, when the O-line gave him the most protection, when he had A.J. Brown, and when he had a few more weapons at wide receiver, his numbers looked better. I mean, his numbers in the first two years, in 19 and 20, were very comparable in the regular season to a Patrick Mahomes or a or a Josh Allen or somebody like that. Maybe not in the total mass yardage numbers, but in terms of like the touchdowns versus the interception and the efficiency numbers, he was right there. Now that's dropped off completely in the last two years, and I would say that's more of a function of the fact that the offensive line hasn't been very good, he hasn't had a ton of pieces around him in terms of talent to distribute the ball to, and then you throw in the injury factor, both with guys around him and then this season with himself. So I do think there's a Ryan Tannehill level out there that can get him back closer to 2019 and 2020, which would be better than what we've seen the last couple of years. But 
he's he's still Ryan Tannehill. You know, he isn't going to morph into Patrick Mahomes overnight. But I I think when you look at the Titans, the question isn't necessarily can Ryan Tannehill get you over the top. It goes back to what Mike Vrabel said more than a year ago when they were preparing for this season. It's we've got to do a better job of building around Tannehill and making his job easier. And if the Titans get a few more weapons and a better offensive line, I have no doubt Ryan Tannehill will look like a better quarterback than he did this past season. So with that being said, you right now, would you lock in the starting quarterback for the 2023 season for the Tennessee Titans as Ryan Tannehill, or would you lock in other? At the risk of looking dumb, because I know you can can save this, I, I think they'll lock him <laughs> in as quarterback for this year. You know, I And I just keep coming back to this. As I look at this team, there are a lot of issues that are preventing them from – contending for a Super Bowl and as we saw the odds that came up what Sunday night or yesterday morning the Titans have like the sixth worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year they're they're down there at the bottom with the Texans and the Colts within the division even who have new coaches and way away from the Jaguars who are in the top 10 and everybody else who you consider to be a contender so it is clear that people think the balance of power within the division has shifted now and it's Jacksonville and then everybody else, and the Titans have to sort of reload. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but the reason they think that is there's a lot of holes on this team. And so I look at it and say, you got to start. If, if you can't completely fix it, you've got to start on the offensive line. You've got to figure out what you're doing at tight end besides Chigakonkwo. You've got to find more wide receiver weapons besides Traylon Burks. And you've got to make sure that defense certainly doesn't take a step back from where it was and hopefully you get a little bit more of the pass rush from the outside linebackers this coming season and you're doing all that with cap constraints at the moment so to me as i look at it as much as it might be sexy to talk about how you can upgrade the quarterback position i put that down the list of concerns right now in that building and so if you can work out a deal to bring back ryan Tannehill, hopefully a little bit cheaper that's what i would do as i start to build all the other pieces up and then a year from now you can make a real decision of are we investing in Tannehill moving forward for two or three more seasons, or is now the time we go into the draft or free agency and find the true quarterback that takes us to that next level? Steve, uh, when do you expect Jeffrey Simmons to get the long-term deal? Mm. It better happen this offseason. I, I think that's the goal on both sides, Justin. They, they both seem to want to get it done. They want to get it done here and I don't think you want to get into next season. I know certainly the Simmons camp doesn't. So I expect it to happen. My guess, just knowing how those things go, I wouldn't be surprised if it's July, yeah. pushing training camp before we actually get to that moment. I, I don't think you're going to see any movement on that in the next couple of weeks. And a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one, Rand Carthon's got to sort of execute his offense or his, his off-season plan first and foremost, whatever he's thinking right now, you know, free agent lineman or freeway agent wide receiver and then address the line and the draft, whatever he's thinking, he has to execute that plan over the next few weeks and figure out who's going to get cut and all those sort of things. So I think that happens first and foremost, and you get a feel for where your cap space is going to be. Once you get to that place and once you get through the draft, then I think you have the real serious conversations with Simmons. But even then, I think there's probably jockeying and negotiating back and forth between the two sides. And then you get to July, and you start counting down the days of when you're going to be on the field and when you're going to be in training camp and getting ready for the season. And I think that's 
when the rubber generally meets the road and you start to see some real progress. So if I had to give you a time, I bet you're looking at July 20th, 25th, maybe even August 1st before you get a deal done. But I do think they'll have a long-term deal done for Jeff Simmons before week one of next season. Yeah, we'll be watching minicamp and all of that like we have in years past. Oh, is he going to show up? And what is he going to have? Okay. Um, is he going to have a hold-in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised to see Todd Downing hired again? No, because he's an NFL coach, and those guys get recycled about as much as your pop cans in the back room there mm. at the radio station. So I'm not surprised by that. At the same time, I am a little bit surprised that he was hired as the pass game coordinator because I don't think anybody would say that the last two years passing here in Tennessee have been stellar. And so, boy, is that an interesting duo that you've got there in charge <laughs> of the best offense right now. Robert Sella really really putting all his eggs in the basket of Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing. I, I don't know if that's a wise move or not, but Robert Sala knows more football than I do. So, so I trust he knows what he's doing. You also have Keith Carter there, so... Apparently not everybody thought the Titans' offensive influence of the last couple of seasons was complete poison because he's going in that direction at least. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think Todd Downing is a complete moron when it comes to football. You know, I, I think he's got some skill. He, he's been promoted multiple times around the NFL. He's stuck around the NFL. I think there's some people who think he knows some things about what's going on. But certainly it didn't work out well here. And there's going to be some pressure on both him and Nathaniel Hackett because they're going to be in roles that are kind of do it or lose it, if you will. You know, if they don't have success there, what's the next stop for yeah. either one of those guys? And so now they both have to perform. What do you make of Taylor Lewan being Taylor Lewan? Uh, You know, and when I say that, I think you understand what I'm saying, good sir. Sure. Uh, You know, Taylor talking, I expect to be released, you know, and all this other thing that's going on. Um, you know, and we're going to continue to watch this as long as it exists, as long as it hangs over our heads here. The Taylor Lewan is still the left tackle for the time being until the Titans decide to make a move. And we don't know when that is going to be. And I don't know if, if Taylor Lewan knows when it's going to be, unless there's some, some date here I, I'm not picking up on. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later, but what I make of Taylor Lewan is that he's got a brand as much as he has a football career. Yeah. And so he likes to be out front and center. Uh, you know, he's in Montana doing whatever the heck he was doing a couple of weeks ago, and he's been at college football bowl games and Super Bowl week, and he, he sells himself. And I, I don't begrudge him for that. That That's great. And frankly, that may be a more lucrative career for him post-football than anything he did on the football field. And he was a really good football player. The question is just now, after two knee injuries in three years, in year nine, can he still be a really good football player for you? And at what price is he willing to try to be that guy? Because he's not going to get top dollar left tackle money from the Titans or anyone else at this point. And so how badly does he want to keep playing football or chase a championship ring, any, any of those things? Uh, we'll find out. And that's what we don't know and only Taylor can answer. And from what he's written, Justin, and even said on his podcast, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he completely knows that. No, he I sounds conflicted to I me think as he's well. Wrestling. I think he's wrestling with it right now. You know, would he want to come back and play for a few million dollars for somebody? Uh, would no. he want to come back to Tennessee? And play for a few million. I don't know. My guess is no, but we'll find out with that. But based off of what he's supposed to get paid next season, 
there's no shot he's coming back. Could they work out something and say, as we try and rework this entire offensive line, we're betting on the odds that you don't get hurt again and you can be better and help us kind of solve this together for a year? Maybe that could work. But at his current price tag, he's absolutely getting cut sooner you, rather than later. You don't think Taylor wants looking at Pat McAfee and say, I can be Pat McAfee? You know Taylor one is looking at Pat McAfee and say, I can do that. And I'm just and I'm a left tackle and he was a punter and he's making millions yep. doing this. So anybody who thinks that he's gonna come back for a couple million dollars is literally they've lost their mind. Because he can sit on a bus and make a couple million dollars and not get hit and not get injured. And I think when you're doing all the stuff he's been doing to me, guys, and you may disagree, it's fine. It's just my my two cents. It kind of feels like a guy who's thinking about life after football is what it looks like. Looks like I, to me. There's no question he's thinking about it, and he's working towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's upped yeah. his profile a lot sure. in the last couple of years. The only remaining question there is does he have this longing in his gut that says, I want to be a Super Bowl champion or whatever, and I've got two years left in my body or whatever to go out there and lay it on the line and do that and when i hang it up and move into this career that'll never be there anymore i might make a ton of money but i won't be able to compete like this i won't ever to be able to call myself a champion that's the thing i wonder in there my hunch is it's not burning more than his desire to go out and be that huge brand but i don't know that for a fact and so that's what we'll find out and and frankly it may be what taylor is about to figure out for himself over the next couple of months yep no doubt. Uh, good win by Belmont on Saturday. What, host a game tomorrow night? Yep, at, the at home Center. tomorrow night against Evansville, then a huge one at first place Drake coming up on nice. Sunday. Still a shot to win the conference hmm. in this first year in the Valley. Nobody thought that was possible, but they're going to have to play really well here down the stretch. Yep, Steve enjoyed it as always. Appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. You guys too. We'll talk soon. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Good stuff from him, mm-hmm. as always, here on the McFarland Show. 615-844-5600 is how you get in touch with us. Those are our phone lines wide open the rest of the hour. Love to hear from you. More coming. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report. Both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. 
Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. The Jim Rome Show. I get a lot of vacation. I understand that. However, I don't take a lot of sick days. The, these things are not one and the same. That was not like I worked eight straight days or I worked Super Bowl Sunday. I think I'll give myself a day off. I earned it. Hey, and by the way, I could because I have those days. I pride myself in not taking sick days. I hate that. We usually grind through it. But honestly, it was the right thing. In that case, it was the right thing. The Jim Rome Show. Weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville's Sports Radio. Welcoming calls from all around Middle Tennessee. 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. So Juju Smith-Schuster has tweeted out a happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Mm. But there is a caption with that tweet. It wasn't just happy Valentine's Day, everybody. With a with a heart, a red heart. No. It was a caption of a certain Philadelphia Eagles player yeah. that says, I will hold you when it matters most. And of course it is what number twenty four for yeah. the Eagles. The player who who held. Yeah. Was it twenty four or twenty six? I can't remember and, his number. The, the 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 Philadelphia Eagles defensive back who held Juju Smith shoots through there on the controversial call in the closing moments of of the Super Bowl here. And, of course, uh, this got the attention of one, author Juan Brown, otherwise known as A.J. Brown, number 11, for your Philadelphia Eagles. He responded, first of all, congratulations, talking to Juju Smith-Schuster. You deserve it. This is lame. You was on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career. On your one-year deal, TikTok boy, he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like, <laughs> but uh, don't act like uh, it was it was yours or ever was that like that. Uh, congratulations again. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that. 
or was uh, or ever was. Yeah, okay. Whatever that. I done. I, I know. I understand what he's saying. Okay. Don't, don't don't act like he was like that because or ever was because it was never like that. Is what he's trying to say. Okay. He said, "Don't act like you're like that." Yeah. Don't act like you're that guy. Don't act like you're that guy. But you know that's fine. Okay. Th- this is you know, listen. <laughs> feelings feelings are are still a little raw right now. Okay. So, guys, are gonna say things. People are gonna respond. Listen. We talked to two former Tennessee Titans about a football game they played 23 years ago. <laughs> and they're still they're still feeling some kind of way. And the guys who won that football game 23 years ago are still talking trash. Yeah. True. This, am I Darren am I going uh, too well, far? We've, we've discussed it you know a lot on this show. So, you know, this is this is going to happen. They've made a 30 for 30 about it. This is going to happen from now until the end. From now until they're wearing gold jackets and limping around. This is this is what's going to happen here. So, not well, surprised. it's gone viral. That's yeah, for that's sure. Fine. Well, that's fine. That, that's what things do nowadays. They go viral. They do. Kind of like Patrick Mahomes and the GOAT conversation yeah. Yeah. already. Yeah. So, so, here's my deal with Patrick Mahomes being the GOAT. Or being a member of the GOAT Club. Think about the guys who are already in the GOAT Club conversation, okay? The the five guys. For most people, the five GOAT guys are some combination of these five quarterbacks I'm about to name. They are Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, John Elway for Mm -hmm. some, Mm -hmm. and then five gets funny. Because you can kind of go a lot of different directions. Some people want to go Aaron Rodgers. Some people want to say Drew Brees. Some people want to say Brett Favre. Other people want to say Dan Marino. It depends on who you are and where you're from. But any one of those guys has a good argument, I would say, for number five. Unless I'm missing somebody, Darren. No, that's I think that's from for the five spot. Yeah. No, that's about right. That's about right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so those four plus the wild card mm-hmm. <laughs> at number five, okay? So we're going to put Patrick Holmes in the same category as those guys I just named. Okay? I mean, I don't know if – again, sorry. Yeah, Dude, go I ahead. Just, you Come on. threw that out there. I mean, I know there's old school guys like Terry Bradshaw and Roger Stallback. I don't know. If old Listen, school guys throw them in there, I don't know. It, they, they certainly played in a different era, mm-hmm. and – I don't know. Listen, both of those guys were great quarterbacks. Here, here's the deal, though, with with both of those guys. I'm glad you brought them up. Both of those guys, neither one of them gets sole credit for their, the success of the football team. Lord knows Terry Bradshaw doesn't. Terry Bradshaw had two Hall of Fame wide receivers on either end, a you know, a, a Hall of Fame. A running back at his back and a defense full of Hall of Fame. I was gonna say it was basically a Hall of Fame roster. Yeah, with the Hall of Fame head coach. That was. Pre-salary cap. So he doesn't, to me, Terry Bradshaw doesn't get the lion's share of the credit for the success of the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. He was there, a vital part, no question about it. He's identified with the team, but does he get the lion's share of the credit? Does anybody say, boy, if it wasn't for Terry Bradshaw, we wouldn't have got that? I haven't heard that from a lot of people. But wasn't Joe Montana in pre-salary cap era? Weren't that 49ers teams built? Yes. So but they had a whole roster full of Hall of Famers, too. Not not to the degree the Steelers did. And the difference is this. 
who's the Hall of Famer on defense, the big-time Hall of Famers on defense on those 49ers teams? There was like two guys. Um, It's the one with five rings. Charles Haley. Charles Haley. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Yeah, ex- I know, ex- I know, exactly. I know, I know that, that's and that's the that's the issue because they're they're not they're not really there in a big way on defense on those 49er teams of the '80s, which is why Joe Montana became the superstar that he did in the 1980s. Yeah, Ronnie Lot. Ronnie Lot, obviously, yeah. he's the other guy. They had Deion Sanders for one year, yep. uh, but he was Steve Young. That was Steve Young's ring. It wasn't yep. the 80s back then at that point. So they had two Hall of Famers on defense, which is not the case for the Steelers. They had many more than littered. that. Yeah. So, so again, they were a much more team effort there, which is the difference, I think, between those two eras is where you had one guy literally carrying a team or it seems like he was carrying the team in the 80s and 90s and going forward. And in the 70s, it seemed like it truly was a much more of a team game where a lot of credit was given to the quarterback, but also to various other people there on the roster, a lot more so than, the, than what we do now. All right, so I said all that to say this. Patrick Mahomes has been nothing short of spectacular. Oh, goodness. He's played some of the best football we have ever seen. Here's the issue. Patrick Mahomes has only played five years worth of football. I know it seems longer than that, but it's not. If you go and look at it, which I just did, Patrick Mahomes has played, brace yourself, 80 games. That's, that's, that's it. He's played 80 games of football. And played in three Super Bowls. He, he did, <laughs> but he's played in 80 games. The guys you're comparing him to have all played in 200 games or more. So what you're telling me is that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished in 80 games what those other five to seven quarterbacks have accomplished in 200 or more. Is that what we're really saying? Well, you'd have to admit John Elway changed the perception of his resume at the end of his career with those two Super Bowl wins. Because before, he was just a guy that couldn't win. Yeah. He was was great. He's probably going to the Hall of Fame anyway. Probably. Yeah, but he's probably cha- going to for him anyway. But he's, it not, he's not seen in the same light. It True. changed when they won the two. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, now it's, let's not even discuss it, right? Yeah. But before he won those two Super Bowls, it was going to be a lot more of a discussion. Yeah, well. It, there was going to be a yeah, but. It, he, he's going to be more Warren Moon versus the GOAT. You know, the difference between Warren Moon and John Elway is literally the, the trips to the Super Bowl because Lord knows the numbers are off the charts for both of them. So the difference is just winning in January for, for both of those guys. John Elway did it a lot more than Warren Moon did for a variety of reasons. Okay, all I'm saying is this. We, and we had this a little bit earlier and we talked about it yesterday. We become prisoners of the moment so easily. Oh, my goodness. And not to say Patrick Mahomes is not great. I'm not saying that at all because that's, that's the other mistake. Well, you're saying Patrick Mahomes is not great. No, I'm not. I didn't say he wasn't great. I'm just asking. I'm asking everyone to take a critical thought in their mind. All those guys I just mentioned, Brady, Montana, you know, uh, Manning, Marino, Elway, Breeze. By the way, Manning's resume got beefed up at the end of his career, too. Okay. Two Super Bowls. Got it. One win, one loss. Granted, I'm not you know I'm not disputing any of that. I'm just I'm just no, bringing no. It up because for yes. context because yes. John Elway would have gone down great, but yeah. never won a Super Bowl. Sure, went to three, did win one. Yeah, Peyton Manning, great, 
But he went to two Super Bowls. He won one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that that does change the narrative. But instead, he's 2-2. Two and two. He got two Super Bowl wins. So yes. I think when you get that second one, that changes oh, everything. Now listen, it's an impressive run. Yeah. And I'm not saying that maybe he doesn't belong in the conversation. Maybe we could talk about it. I'm just really asking everyone to take a pause. Take a breath. I know we just saw it, and it's tough for us in this era with Twitter and and all the other social media accounts to and and the and the flashing oh, so lights. Say, don't forget TV listen, and radio. We put it up there, and you know, okay, because listen, I work in the machine. I understand. I'm just saying we should pause. Patrick Mahomes has played 80 games. These other quarterbacks have played 200 games plus over multiple decades and we are now putting them both in the same conversation not as hall of famers because that's you know because we can you can talk about gail sears gail sears and terrell davis which we did as hall of fame guys and we do and they had short careers but we're not calling them the goat we're saying they're hall of famers no one's calling gail sears the goat no one's calling terrell davis the goat even though they had phenomenal careers in short periods of time no one's calling them barry sanders or jim brown or walter payton none nobody nobody However, what we are now saying is Patrick Mahomes, because we just saw it the other day, is be, is now in the GOAT conversation because he's had five years of some of the best football that we have ever seen. And he's got one Hall of Famer on his side of the ball. Yes. Besides him. Travis Kelsey. That's it. Now, maybe over time, one. some of those offensive linemen will end up in the hall. Not really. The, over t- I said over time. First of all, oh, you know, we gonna have to get how many there. offensive lines has he had in three Super Bowl trips? He's had a whole yeah, lot of different pieces. So much switching around, but I'm sure there's a few guys that I'm sure there's a couple of guys in there. I it's don't know like who. the Cowboys offensive line. But I got we knew there. It's not Nate Newton and Leon. Right, right. I understand. We knew all I understand. Those guys. I understand. We knew who those guys were. I get. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that I think at some point there will be another Hall of Famer Veterans Committee, not first ballot, somewhere down the line where we'll look because all those Steelers weren't first ballot Hall of Famers either. They kind of trickled in over time. Before you know it, you looked up and, you know, I don't know, 15 of the 22 guys were in the Hall of Fame. It took a while, though. It wasn't instant. Well, I think they got unfairly penalized for not being, you know, the salary cap, and they were able to build a dynasty team. Oh, the rules were very different back then. And that's not fair. That's not fair to them. It's very, very different back then. That's what the rules were. It's like, oh, well, it's a lot easier to do it today with salary cap. It's harder. Okay, well, yeah, but that's not their fault in the 70s. It's not their fault. That's the way the game was played. It's nobody's fault about the era that they played in. It's nobody's fault about the era that they played in. I think they got penalized for that. No, I got you. No, I understand. And it was a run-heavy, you know, defensive-minded team. It was. It was. It's nobody's fault about the era that they played in. All I'm asking everybody under the sound of my voice to do, if you think about Patrick Mahomes as a GOAT, and I'm not saying that you can't do that, I'm just saying that this is what you're saying when you're saying that. You are saying that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished in five years of football in 80 games what those other five to seven guys that you've been watching, a lot of you, for a lot of your life, or at least remember, you know, been studying or whatever you've been doing, you're saying that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished what they have accomplished in a very short period of time. That's all I'm asking people to do. And if you you think about that and you come to the same conclusion, then okay. But I don't think people have really 
let it swirl around. I think people just see it and they see the greatness and they react to the instant greatness that they see in front of them and just think no one anywhere could have ever done anything as great as what I just saw, which is, I, I don't think, very accurate. By the way, clearly Juju Smith-Schuster has never listened to Herm Edwards ever because he did not wait 60 seconds before hitting send. He just sent. It's, I mean, it is, Twitter is going nuts mm-hmm. right now. Let's go do that. It is, it is viral. So, okay, I look, going back to what you said before we step away, I, I, I get it. I think what we're seeing, though, is just somebody who has burst on the scene and just we've never seen anything like this, right? We've all these greats, they didn't do this in their first five years. Three Super Bowl trips? Not three Super Bowls in five five years. Is it five AFC championship games or four? Uh, It's it's five. Is he five for five? I think he is. Yes, because they lost to the Patriots in one AFC championship game and then Mm -hmm. lost to the Bengals. He's five for five in AFC. I mean, he's been to the AFC championship game Five times. You know, the, He's been this, in the league five years. The numbers are amazing. Again, I, you're you're not going to catch me saying that it's 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 overblown. No, I don't think it's overblown. I just want to put it in the proper perspective to make sure that people are really understanding. We pride ourselves here on genuine conversation and, and honest takes. Yeah. And all I just want people to do is, again, take a pause and recognize what it is you're actually saying. Because I don't think people are, are, are doing that. I think people are just reacting. And that's fine if you want to react that way. But, but honestly, just, you know, you're saying that, you know, just think about it. Just think about it. That's all. We'll come back. More of the McFarland Show next here on WNSR. Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanofRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... 
Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit GiveWestwood.org. GiveWestwood.org. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. If you can have a fair criticism of me for what I'm about to say, if you get into the playoff enough, one of these years you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. The Titans missing the playoff this year was absolutely inexcusable, right? They had a team we knew was good enough to get to the divisional or conference rounds, and then you just catch lightning in a bottle or you have the two best games of your life, and all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. That's a good goal for the Titans. The Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> The McFarland Show, streaming live on the WNSR app and on WNSR.com. News of the day, Derek Carr has officially been released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. He was set to make $40 million. Nope. But don't cry for him. He's already got $135 million. Stashed away. You know. With no playoff wins. Listen, nice work if you can get it. Oh, it's great work. So we'll see where Derek Carr lands. The Arizona Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator as their new head coach. Mm. The Indianapolis Colts have hired the Eagles offensive coordinator as their new head coach. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that Eric Bieniemy gets a job, a head coaching job, or Why? a job somewhere else, so we so can, can stop so you talking. Can stop about seeing it. the coverage. Yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm just so don't, tired. You don't want to see it anymore. I'm so tired of it. Okay. Like, the everybody who is trying to get Eric Bieniemy a job, so please, someone give him a job, so we can see whether well, he's, he has a job. Well, I mean, a job not in Kansas City. Okay. So we can find out. So if we can find out if he if, he if can he's be for real or not. not because yeah, you know, we you know because though evidently the world has figured out he belong he 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 should be a head coach. Everybody knows. So well, you know, and that's fine. But I'm just tired of talking about it. Like I understand this because I was like this with AJ Brown too. So I understand. What What do you mean? <laughs> well, I was tired of talking about it. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I just, I just, I just become exhausted. You yeah. know, hearing about it, talking sure. about it, dealing with it. You know, I just. You know, I, I I understand. So if that's where you are with it, I get it. It's fine. I just let's let's. I hope he leaves. I really do. I hope he leaves. I, well, he's not going to get a head coaching job because we know there's not any openings. No, but he may leave to get an OC job somewhere else where it'll be completely his offense. And I don't know what that does or doesn't do. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I just I don't understand why everybody is fascinated with this. Is it because we know him? No. Is it because we watched him in college? It's it's a lot of different things. It, it's the it's the uh, the fact that yes, that people have been watching him for a long time, and uh, he's gotten uh, you know a lot of attention here. Uh, but it's also because other people in his position also you know don't don't get jobs or you know have gotten jobs and he hasn't. So I think that is part of the fascination. Uh, I think. Some people are not saying it out loud all the way, but I think there is a racial component to this uh, where people are questioning and wondering if that's the issue. Um, so let, let me just stop right there. Yeah. So you think that 31 other teams – I mean, he's. I think he's about interviewed for everybody in the league so far, except for maybe the Titans. Probably so. I don't know. I mean, he's done a lot of interviews over the years. So these – teams have interviewed all the teams that have interviewed him because he's done a lot of interviews over the years it would seem they they came away going we think he's the right guy he really just knocked us off our socks but you know he's a minority so we're not going to hire him Really? I mean, it really? It doesn't work like that, Darren. It, I it mean, does, it doesn't go but like I mean, that at all, man. But why, I mean, why do you think? But why do you think nobody's hired him if he's knocking people their socks off? I'm not saying he's knocking people's socks okay, off. Okay, this I'm is not the argument. That. This yeah, is I mean, the argument. Of, this yeah. is where it get. This is where I get frustrated. I, I heard I this argument today. I know. Not everybody interviews well. <laughs> so what? Hold on. Let me get this straight. So everybody out there listening, you and your job, have you? If you are a lousy interviewer, you've probably lost a lot of jobs in your lifetime. Probably. I don't hear anybody coming to your defense and saying, you know what? You're not a very good interviewer. And you know what? These people are missing out on you. You should still be hired because once you get in there, you're going to show them you're the right person for the job. I don't know. The last time I checked, being a good interviewer is part of the process. Okay. In anything. Anything we do. I understand. Any job. I understand. But somebody was literally making the argument, well, just because if he's not a good interview, they should still – it doesn't mean he's not going to be a good head coach. So wait a minute. You think now that they're supposed to look past that and say, we're going to project out, ah, he didn't impress us at all, but we think he'll be good as a head coach. Really? You want teams to do that? That's but, what we're supposed to do with Eric Bieniemy. When everybody else, if they don't interview well, they don't get the job. That's how it works. First of all, that's the way I look at it. I understand. But we don't know if Eric Bieniemy is a good interview or a bad interview. We've never interviewed Eric Bieniemy. We don't own NFL teams. I know. I don't know if he's interviewed wonderfully or if he's stunk. <laughs> I have no idea. How do I know that he didn't come in there and blow them all the way? How do I know he didn't come in there and underwhelm to the max degree? I don't. I don't know either way. But if you're asking why this is happening, let me let me let me clue you in on this. Joe Judge got hired to be the head coach of the New York Giants. And he stunk. He stunk, but before he stunk, what qualifications did Joe Judd have to be an NFL head coach? Would you, can you sit here and say that Eric Bieniemy has more or less qualifications than Joe Judd to be a head coach in the NFL? I would say it's pretty clear. We know okay. the answer. But we've also determined that Joe Judge shouldn't be a head Cliff coach. Kingsbury had a losing record in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And got He's hired in the NFL. 
and to nobody be a head pray, coach. And nobody praised that move. Nobody. But he got the job anyway. Everybody was like, "You're he crazy." Got, he got the job anyway. Right. So I, I, I'm just I'm just saying this. This Cliff Kingsbury have more or less qualifications than Eric Bieniemy to be a head coach. Well, just other National than Football he was League. a head coach in college. This guy who just got hired by the Colts. And he coached Kyler Murray. This guy who just got hired by the Colts to be the head coach. Ten years ago, he was at the University of Buffalo, I think I saw, as a quality control assistant. And today, he's the head coach. Oh, I thought he was in college. Of, uh, listen, he might have been. And today, he's the head coach of an NFL team. I mean, does he's lost the Super Bowl. Eric Bieniemy has won two. Does he have more or less qualification? Okay, so I think if you're asking the question, why does this keep coming up? It's because Eric Bieniemy now has two Super Bowl rings, and whether he was the offensive coordinator calling all the plays or just standing close to Andy Reid on the sideline, he's been there as the OC in Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes for two years, or, you know, for two Super Bowls, and has not gotten hired for whatever the reason. Now, you're asking why this keeps coming up. I'm just telling you mm-hmm. why this keeps coming up. That is that is part of the reason, and it seems as if there are other guys, Joe Judd is one, who has just stood near Tom Brady on the sideline for a Super Bowl and stood near Bill Belichick on the sideline or two and gotten hired to be a head coach in the NFL, and people are going... What's wrong with this picture here? I don't under I don't quite understand. So this is part of the fascination people are used to seeing. Successful OCs, successful DCs hired as head coaches in the NFL. There used to be a chain of command. If you do this, you do this, you do this, you are hired in the National Football League. Eric Bieniemy has done a lot of the things and has not been hired. Now, is that because he stinks? I don't know. I really don't. But if you're asking why this keeps coming up, that's why this is coming up. Because the OC and the DC for the losing team in the Super Bowl got hired today. And the OC for the winning team on his second Super Bowl ring did not get hired. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. That's why I want him to get hired. I, I just, I'm tired of the subject. It's, it's but do old. you understand why the I, subject I know, keeps coming up? Do you understand? Do you understand? I'm tired I know of you do. The whole world, like nobody has a clue. But yet everybody's saying why, but they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't have a clue. I don't know why people get hired. Why did Adam Gase get hired twice? I I don't know. He's awful. And if you see him, he's a weirdo. So he clearly doesn't look like somebody who interviews very well, other than people and, say and he's he smart. he got hired twice. I said he got hired twice. So, I mean, so, so is, is Eric, looks, could Eric Bieniemy be any worse in an interview than Adam Gase? Apparently, Adam Gase must be really, really smart, and I guess that's how he impresses you because it could be. he comes off as a weirdo it could and be. he's come off as an awful head coach. It could be. So or, I don't know why he's been hired or, twice. Or it could be deeper than just the interview. Well, it could be. But but others get hired. Yes. So, I mean, I get it. I'm not I'm not <laughs> pretending like it doesn't – like that doesn't go on. I mean, obviously Brian Flores has had a suit on it, and I said a, a suit as in yeah, a lawsuit. lawsuit. Sure. I said, whenever Miami got rid of Brian Flores, I said, I don't understand that. I thought he was a really good coach. I don't understand while he's not the head coach of the Dolphins anymore. Okay? So I understand that stuff is real. I think I've got Eric Bieniemy fatigue. Okay. I'm just tired of the whole country trying to get him a job. Please, someone hire him. I'm begging somebody to please hire him. 
and then let's all find out together whether he's a good head coach or not. I understand. Just, just because we just do understand this. There's a reason every, why this keeps coming up. Oh, season. Just, just it's, understand. There's a reason why it keeps coming up. It's nauseating. It's exhausting. Because other people with his resume or less are getting hired. Okay. And I, he's the only one that seems not to be. Then maybe my new approach is just to beg somebody else to hire him. Okay. Get him out of Kansas City. Maybe so. Get him out of there. Okay. So we can Fair please just, move on I'm, from this I'm just, I'm just, Listen, if you want to know, you, you wanted to know why is we have to keep talking about this, I'm telling you now, this is why. Because something's not matching up. For whatever the reason, he's the oddball out. And, and it's, it's not just him. There's a few other guys. But he's the most obvious. He's the poster child for the odd man out of the head coaching position. And there's a lot of different factors, and people like to discuss it, as to why that is. Could it be qualifications? No, it's not qualifications. Could it be interview? Well, maybe. Could it be he's not packaging himself, or he's standing too close to Andy Reid, and people don't believe he's really that talented? Or is it the minority portion of this? Is that part of this? It's all mixed in. How did Hugh Jackson get hired twice? How? I don't, like, well, I don't think he's a good head coach at all. He got hired twice. He did. He got How? he got he got hired twice. Once, well, once was by the Raiders, who was and, hiring a lot of different people and the at Browns. that point. And, and the so, Browns. Okay, oh, but so I understand. I he got hired twice. Yes. It, you know, and I look at his, and I'm like, how? How did he get hired twice? He got well. Well, I think people were were looking for something there with with him. I, I'm not sure what, but, but you know, people but were kind of. But to your point, to you're something. saying by lousy organizations. Well, lousy organizations have had openings. So why doesn't he get hired? I I don't know either. I'm just saying if you keep asking why this is coming up, this is why. Because and by the way, Hugh Jackson didn't have near the resume that Eric Bieniemy is if he's truly the OC. Because that's the other thing that keeps coming up. Well, he's not really the OC. It's Andy Reid's offense yeah. and all this other stuff. I'm just saying, it didn't it didn't stop Bill O'Brien, and it didn't stop uh, the guy out in Oakland, or Oakland, Las Vegas now, uh, from getting McDaniels. hired. Uh, Josh McDaniels yes. from getting hired, not once but twice. Please, somebody hire him, please. Okay. So we can move on from the subject. <laughs> I do. I want him to get a shot. I do. I also want us to all know, find out if he can be a head coach or not. I do. I want to find out. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Good stuff. Tomorrow, Chris Stewart is going to join us from Knoxville. Very cool. He is the play-by-play guy for Alabama. Huge tilt tomorrow night. Tennessee and Alabama. Alabama, number one team in the land. First time in 20 years. He'll join us in the first hour. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock.